I've lived in northern Monmouth County in New Jersey my entire life. I've been a fiction writer, actor, playwright, blogger, gourmet chef, home renovator, event planner, landscape architect, and decorator. I'm married to a professional drummer who is also an award-winning photographer, so the arts have always been really important to me. There are so many people in this part of New Jersey that are involved in the arts, and I am planning to talk to all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. And I'm inviting you to listen in. I'm Lucille Lasapio, talking arts and culture, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. Jose Lu is a talented and perhaps the most talented musician that I know. He's a singer, a composer, a producer, an arranger, and a keyboard player. But he is best known as a singer and former frontman for the band Line Drive. But Jose is not only an incredible singer, he is so charismatic on stage that people are just drawn to him. He's been described by many people as a cross between Stevie Wonder and Sting. But I don't know if that does him justice. I'm so glad to have him on today, and he's such a fun guy to talk to. Hello, Jose. Hello, Lucille. It is so good to see you. It's good to be seen. Good yeah. to see you, too. Do you come from a musical family? No, but I come from a music-loving family. Mm. Everybody, and I mean everybody in my family, love music. They love dancing to it. They love listening to it. It's, it's like it's in our veins. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Line Drive. Most people know that already. Now, you were the man who essentially changed Line Drive from an instrumental fusion jazz band to something that was so much more. Mm -hmm. What had you been doing before you auditioned for Line Drive? I was kicking around in bands. I was gigging. I was living in Old Bridge and I was like, ah, I gotta make money. So I got some day jobs. One of them was washing dishes in the morning from six in the morning till five in the evening. And then I would walk across Route 18 and go work at the movie theaters from six to midnight. And I loved it. I was a dishwasher and the reason why I loved being a dishwasher is because I didn't have to think. And I freed up my mind to compose and think about music. Well, you know, a lot of people say that if you are doing something that's creative, you don't want to have a job that's also creative because it sucks that creativity out mm, of you. Right, it occupies your intentional thinking. What was your audition like with Line Drive? Because I want to compare your story to what I've heard. Okay, I'm going to go back a little before my audition. So I'm reading the query and I says, I need a job at something else that's not going to take up all this time. Band Seeking Singer. This band Line Drive was playing, I think, at, um, at this place called Club Benet. So I went there to listen, to check them out. I'm like, hey, they're pretty good. And I walked up to the band and, and said, hi, my name is Jose. I'm a singer, and I hear you're looking for a singer, and I like to audition for it. They're like, yeah, <laughs> so I come back. So I went to Tim Boyce's house. Their rehearsal room was just like, it looked like a uh, triage or something <laughs> like this. They said, you play piano? I said, yeah, I, I play something. Go ahead and sing something. I said, well, I can sing and play. I sang a Stevie Wonder tune, yeah. and I was like, no one's saying anything. You know, everyone's looking miserable, tight-lipped, and I'm like, all right, whatever. And then McKevitt, Chris McKevitt goes, oh, yeah, I think you might be right. I didn't really care what we played. I just wanted to make money. I said, are you guys working? And he says, yeah. He goes, I, you might get this job, I think. And I said, uh, will it pay at least $20? <laughs> he goes, $20? You're going to make more than that. You're going to make $75. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, cha-ching, yay, I'm rich. <laughs> By the way, that's about what players make now. <laughs> Pretty sad, right? What would you say in all the, the time that you spent with Line Drive, what was the high point? I remember doing some jazz in a park in Red Bank. W one of my high points was doing my song, That Is Why, and Always and Forever. I gotta tell you, yeah. 
Always and Forever. That almost makes me cry when I listen to that song. I love it. Thank you. And I have a recording from the Red Bank, and I'm going to put it here in the podcast so people can hear the live version of you singing, just okay. part of it, because the, the beginning of it is just, it's incredible. Always and forever you with me I think for me, that was a high point for me. And another high point was we were playing at the Cove in Seabright, and I wrote a song called Easy Street. And we did that a, a handful of times, not not a lot, but when we did it, oh my God, I walked, I'm like, this is, it was, I, I felt like that was the apex when we all sounded as like one instrument. That's a high point for me. Yeah. If you hadn't joined Line Drive, what do you imagine that the trajectory of your musical career would have been? Working in New York, working in studio, which I actually wound up doing during Line Drive, doing session work, doing studio work, but being more involved with studio and writing, and maybe even getting into producing. If you have someone, you could call them a mentor or whatever, you you need somebody to help herd and usher you to kind of like really help motivate, help shape your vision. I did not have one. I think under the guidance of some seasoned professionals, that's where eventually I would have wound up. A lot of people don't know that you were on Star Search. What, what was that experience like? That was a surreal experience. Gotta appreciate things when it's happened. I didn't appreciate it. It was overwhelming. And all my defenses rose up. They're using you out here. I just like that. But yet I was pretty hopeful. There was a part of me that was like, wow, this, 
pretty cool. You got through like what three? Two. Personally, I think if you had a different song the second week, I think because you didn't show off your musical talent as well. You know what? I'll go with that. I'll I'll, I'll buy that because there were people there that at least a dozen associate producers, and one of them said, "Jose, this is not a music show. This is a television show. We're trying to market to people in the Midwest to buy mayonnaise and and hair dye." I'm glad I did it to finish answering your question. I came back. I had no regrets about doing it. I had no animosity or resentment that I lost. Not at all. But what I did get was like, oh my God, this is how real professional people do this. And I was on fire. I was like, I want to be there again. I want to do that. Whatever they're doing in the music business, I want to be a part of that. That lasted for two, three weeks. Uh, oh, by the way, and I auditioned for The Voice. And I didn't make it. And I thought I'd kill. But I'm not, once again, it's a television show. Right. I recently spoke with Chris Plunkett, yeah. and we talked about the two of you collaborating on some songs. Yeah. But the two CDs that Line Drive released, We Could Have Been Contenders and You Gotta Believe in Something, they featured almost exclusively songs written by you. Yeah. So how many songs have you written? At least a hundred. Yeah. What's your favorite song from those two CDs? I'll pick two. That Is Why and Western Skies. Of course, once Line Drive started doing weddings, the group added a lot of cover music. Yeah. Worth Run and Fire, Stevie Wonder, sure. Tower of Power. If you're going to sing cover music, whose music would you choose? I would choose a lot of jazz, a lot of old-time jazz, a lot of Sinatra, of course, but also Cab Calloway, Duke mm. Jordan. I definitely would do a lot of swing stuff. I would do a lot of the great American songbook stuff if I could. Stuff written by Harold Arlen and, and the guys who wrote um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, those guys. I would do song songs. Yeah. That's what I would do. A lot of the songs that you've written have a, a wonderful dance beat. Get the funk, looks like it's going to rain, do you want to get funky, just to name a few. Oh, I forgot about those songs. Yeah. But there's one song on Line Drive's first CD that never failed to drive people to the dance floor. Even kids when you played outdoor concerts. Everybody. Oh, yeah, that's I love that song. It has such a positive, self-affirming message. Yeah. Have you ever considered submitting that to producers of children's programming? You know, that's a great, you know, Rick Brennamer actually brought that in. He wrote that everybody, he the chorus and that. I wound up doing the um, the verses. That would be a great idea. Because I could see a children's show, because kids love that song. Every time, like when you played in Red Bank, the kids would like flood the front of the stage right. and be dancing. They loved it. Right. And adults did too. I would like that. That's a... Rick did a good job on that. You know, that's a great hook. I'm going to play a little piece of that.
the funk, by the way, I actually, I really like that one too. I yeah, that's another that. song that people really like. Yeah, they do. Well, check this out. We were doing Red Bank in the Park and people were going, people were yelling, get the funk, get the funk. And I think we called something else. And a woman at the side of the stage said to me, you're not going to do your own music? I go, well, we're here to, to get some weddings. And she says, if you're not going to play your own music, what's the point? Mm -hmm. And I was like, hush. Yeah. And that stuck with me. Yeah. You wrote some great songs. I don't care how many times I've listened to them. I always enjoy listening to the songs that you've written. Mm, thank you. Now, a lot of your earlier songs had a Latin twist. But since leaving Line Drive, it seems like you've embraced that kind of music even more. Yep. What drove you to, to focus more on the Latin sound? You cut me, I bleed. That just comes out of me. That's who I am. Every day is a holiday. address social inequities? When it comes to social issues, I address social issues more with addressing personal issues. How I think, how do I love, how do I accept? What am I about? Addressing social issues, I have to address me, the man in the mirror. I have to take a look and fix what's going on with me. You've been described by some people as a sort of a cross between Stevie Wonder and Sting. But in addition to being a very charismatic singer, every musician that I've spoken to that has worked with you comments on your ability to arrange, produce, and even play the keyboards beautifully. Why did you choose to concentrate on singing instead of some of those other things? It came fairly natural to me and organic, the singing part. The writing and the keyboard playing, the producing, I got to work at that. Out of all the things that you do creatively, what gives you the most satisfaction? I was working with Lange, we were in a bar in uh, Kingsburg. There wasn't a lot of people there. I forget what I was singing, but it, I, I heard it coming out of my mouth, and I said, this is what I'm born to do. I was like, it hit me like a diamond. This is what I'm supposed to do, just sing. That's like my gift. It's like, oh, I was created to do this. And I have to bounce pissed off or something like, you know how that goes. And here I am going, <laughs> Now you've done, obviously, club work, jingles, background vocals, outdoor concerts, weddings, and, and you've played concerts at Count Basie, you opened for um, Special Effects, Tower of Power. Tower Power. Now given the choice, what type of venue would you most like to be doing now? Uh, on a big stage with a band, tons of people doing an outdoor festival in Europe. More than doing studio work? Yeah, I would love to be on stage just because I get to sing different songs and usually my songs. That's what I want, I would love to do that. And Madison Square Garden. Just a little Madison Square Garden. Just a little Madison in. Square Garden. I did a Jose Lou band opening up for Tower Power. We just played my music. I couldn't see anybody, but I loved every minute. And when people started clapping and going, I was, I was surprised. I was knocked over by them. The Jose Lou band, the musicians in it were essentially the guys you work with in Line Drive. Mm -hmm. Now, is this because you just got along with them well, or did you really feel these were the best guys for you to be singing with? I think, first of all, the guys in the band, Gary, Chris, Chuggy, Mike, they all brought something. They bring a good energy to the to the music, and that's, you know, I want some energy in it. I, w I was going to say, I always wondered why you didn't say Jose Lou with Line Drive, and then take advantage of the people that know Line Drive, right. but make it your band, like Jose Lou, you know, backed up by Line Drive. Well... 
I wouldn't want to. Uh, boy, you're you're steering this to another place, aren't you? <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and quite honestly, I can't see them ever complaining about that. Really? What's the difference between being called the Jose Lou Band or Jose Lou with Line Drive? That's that's actually a good point. I've thought about that. I suggest you do that because take advantage of the name Line Drive. There's nothing to lose. No, I hear you. I've thought of that. i thought about that. And, and one of the good things about working with the guys in Line Drive, they're my friends. You know, we get along pretty good, you know. Mm, let me think about it. What what other artists do you admire? Sting, Stevie Wonder, of course, Hector Lavoe, and Willie Colon. Love them, love them. I love I love Wynton Kelly, jazz piano player, Bill Evans. But I love Wynton Kelly. I will just listen to him play piano. Anybody who knows you, and of course I've known you for a long time, would describe you as intelligent, kind, and very funny. So much of that comes through on stage, which is probably the reason why you have such a charismatic presence Mm. on stage. Have you ever thought about what draws people to you on stage other than just your singing? I don't know, because I think to myself, I'm just there. I just show up and I'm like, I got a job to do and I'm hoping I'm doing a good job. You know, it kind of goes back to that question that we talked about earlier about social justice. And you said with you, it's more of a one-to-one thing. And I think people sense that with you Mm. on stage, like you are making a personal connection to the audience. Yeah. That's how I feel when I write. I'm writing a song called Different Kinds of People. And it's been laying around for almost 30 years. I'm thinking, I need to finish this song. We can all make room for different kinds of people in our lives. That is why it's about my transformation as a human being in my soul, being lost and you know being effed up because I was effed up for a long time. Many of us saw you singing backup during the Christmas tree lighting special on the roof of 30 Rock. Yep. Who were you backing up? Jennifer Nettles from Sugartown. I think that's the name. They're like one of those huge country bands. What was that experience like? I thought to myself, this is where I belong. Two years, I'm going to be one of the like the headliners. I thought I thought that. Too. And, and in some way, and I'm glad you reminded me of that because that's going to help me do that, put that in my brain. I'm going to put that out there. I do. I want to do that. Let me switch over to the local music scene. Yeah. Assuming at some point that the coronavirus is going to be under control and that live music returns, what do you see as your next steps? My next step is um, finishing my website and my YouTube channel and having my songs singing and playing, getting out there, and performing on huge stages. You know, jazz in Jamaica, those festivals, you know, smooth jazz concerts, whatever. Um, even concerts, I've, I've backed up other people. Um, music in Jersey City or whatever. I want to sell my songs too. One of the things that I've seen in all these documentaries we're watching, it's the copyrights where the the music is. And you have some great songs. You You know, you you should be sending them to artists. I am, yeah. Oh, and I'm writing some musicals too, by the way. Uh, And I'm working on a television series. It started, (laughs) well, it started as a musical. I'm thinking, wait a minute, this might be, this could be like a six or seven series television thing so well, you know you could have both musical and yeah. television series think of glee yeah well this one's called are we eating on this gig <laughs> are we eating on this gig ah. and, it's and a, are they club sandwiches <laughs> oh that there's a song about that in there no mayonnaise no mustard no music how are we supposed to eat this stuff we've had enough <laughs> I have a whole That mu- sounds good. Yeah, I have a whole thing. I have, I have a whole musical. Can people buy your music? Not yet. I, I got to finish that one. I, this is what I see. 
And you even hear it in documentaries. Bands fall apart, they quit, they argue. I've seen it. Almost every band worth their salt has argued and fall and fell apart and stuff. And I always say when I see those documentaries, like, what's wrong with them? Why didn't they just work it out? Yeah, you got to have a good business sense. You have to have a sense of business and no effing around. One of the things that, that Chris and I talked about, because he was saying, you guys had it. You had it. I mean, there was there was this synergy. And there still is, whenever you guys play together, there's still right. this kind of magic that comes out. And he goes, what do we what do we do wrong? All the other groups that had that, they went big. And I said, yeah, but they all broke up. They're either dead, drug addicts, miserable. You guys, maybe because you liked each other. You guys were together for yeah. oh, 40 years or something. You know, and I think back to when you guys did the uh, concert at the McClunes two or three years ago. Yeah. People went nuts. I mean, that sold out in like two days. I know, right? You could do it again as Jose Lou and Line Drive. Do you think that will sell? Yep. Why not? All right, this is my last question. No more? I know, we could talk forever. <laughs> if somebody told you that they were pursuing a career as a singer, yeah, what kind of advice would you give them? Take care of your body, take care of your voice, work at it. Whatever you don't know, whatever you need to know, make it your business to find out. Be responsible for your craft. Mature, learn, and wise up. Try to, try to be grateful for what you have, even grateful for the things you don't have. You never know how that might work. Yeah. That's what I would do. And take care, and take care of your instrument. So Jose, yes. thanks so much for making the time to come here today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me here and allowing me to sit here and drink your coffee and eat some of your cookies and talk about stuff. <laughs> I appreciate that. I love the arts and I love to talk. And that's why I'm talking to local artists. And if you like listening, then subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on this page, on iTunes, or anywhere you get podcasts. I'm Lucille Sapio, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. Thank <laughs> you.